It didn't say Blog Talk Radio this time. I guess that's it. Blog Talk Radio. All right, so we're trying. Welcome to the Music Therapy Show. We're trying out a new thing that Blog Talk Radio has, which is called Hi-Fi. So I hope it's working okay and the, the sound is good. But, uh, hey, send me a message if it's not. You can send me a message at heartbeatmusictherapy.net through my website. If you click on contact, it emails me directly. Um, this is the Music Therapy Show on Wednesday, July 22nd, 2015. I am Janice Lindstrom. I'm the host of this show, and we've been talking about music therapy here for, gee, I think it's been seven years now. This is episode 214, and I have been a music therapist for 20 years, and I'm almost two years. And joining me today is Amy Zuniga. And I... Um, my background is in child development and counseling, and I've been a mom for almost five years, and I've been working with families for about 15 years. And I have one child, and Amy has two. Those are our perspectives that we're sharing on this parent support group show. And last time, well, every time Amy comes over to do the show, we always sit around and talk afterwards and come up with topics for the next show. And so last time we were talking about... Uh, routines and I've talked about routines before and how important they can be to develop for yourself and for your family and uh, my, my husband has always kind two routines because he feels constricted by them and then a couple weeks later he came up with this concept he said he came to me and said we need to develop a rhythm for our day and I said okay rhythm is the word you want to use we can do that so as a music therapist, I feel like rhythm is really important to us as humans. So I, I subscribe to that method and we created a, a rhythm that is working for us. And so that's going to be our topic for the day. And Amy has done more of the research. Uh, I've just done more of the trying things out myself sorts of things. But I know that having a routine or some rhythm in your day increases the predictability in how the day flows, which is really good for children that are developing typically, but also can be really important for children who have special needs. Yes, um, and really it's good for all of us. So having some sort of rhythm and predictability in the day, I think we like to think about it being so good for kids, um, but it's actually good for all of us. It helps us all to know what to expect and how what we're going to do today and how it's going to be today and what's the next thing and what's the next thing. And we were talking a little bit before the show about kind of what's the difference between a routine and a rhythm. I think really it, it seems like routines are just a little bit more structured and rhythm is more about a flow for the day. So it may not have, it may or may not have times associated with it, um, which I'm more like your husband, Janice. I don't like the thought of my, life in general being constricted or um, narrowed down, but it actually works out better for me if even I have some sort of structure to what's going on with the day. Um, so anyway, that's what we're gonna talk about today. All right, so a lot of times our rhythms or routines are, are kind of planned for us because we have to get up and go to work or get the kids to school or, um, 
you know, go to bed at a certain time because we have to be up at a certain time. And in order to go to bed, we have to do things like brush our teeth and put on our pajamas and, and uh, get in the bed. So uh, some of those, some of these things we're already doing. And I guess you can just sort of formalize that by writing it down. Like I have to write things down because I won't remember what I'm supposed to do. This morning I was telling my husband that I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. And uh, I didn't look at my routine written down. And, you know, it was just put on your shoes, <laughs> brush your hair, <laughs> those sorts of things. So if you feel scattered and lost, like I often feel, sometimes having it written down so that you don't have to think about it and you're just kind of doing it on automatic pilot or there's a piece of paper telling you what to do and you don't have to come up with it on your own, sometimes that can be a little easier. Yeah, I think so too. And you can definitely, that's a good place to start when you're thinking about what's going to be your rhythm or your routine. Like there are some things already built in. So you can kind of start there. I was actually reading uh, one blog um, that was really good talking about really starting at the year level, like, like really zooming out. I think when we start thinking about routines, we want to say, let's start with eight o'clock this morning, we're going to have breakfast. And then at 10 o'clock, you know, this and this, that's sort of a zoomed in picture. Um, and that doesn't always take into account everything that's going on in our lives. And so if you start off by looking at the year um, and school's about to start for most families um, that have kids that are school age, it'll be school. Sometimes people work in the school system. So that makes a difference for their job. Um, and the school year can be a way to start looking at your rhythm by saying, you know, when school starts, everybody has to get up by this certain time, um, get to school, get home. So that's already laid out for you. Um, and also during the school year, families might be a little more stringent on a bedtime, for example. Like maybe in the summer, it's okay for kids to stay up till 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, however old the kids are, right. can determine that. But once school starts, if they've got to be at school by 7.45 in the morning, now bedtime might be a little more important than it is in the summer. So by kind of stepping back, you can even just map out, like this is the rhythm of our year. Um, and it's going to start at the end of August here in Texas, depending on where you are, will depend on where school starts. But that's an example of something that changes throughout the year. So you can kind of start there. And then, like you said, plug in the things you already have to do. So if you go to work from 8 in the morning until 5 o'clock at night, Monday through Friday, well, you can just plug that in because that's going to be your day. Right. Um, and then the other parts you're worried about are like, how are we going to do dinner? How are we going to do bedtime? Um, how are we going to do our mornings? And then also, how are we going to do our weekends? Because weekends are different than Monday through Friday. They are. But that doesn't mean that they can't have a little rhythm or a, a structure of their own, I guess. That's it, kind of a good place to start. And if you've been on Facebook at all, you've seen status posts of people that have toddlers and pets, where toddlers and pets don't seem to know that it's the weekend and you can sleep late. So, <laughs> <laughs> so sleeping in may not be on your rhythm unless your kids are older and can take care of themselves <laughs> or your pets have a doggy door. <laughs> get out on their own. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a good place to start. Um, well, and my mom always said that once you get a routine down, it's going to change. And she was speaking about children and because as a parent, I feel like nap times and eating and, uh, body functions, they're all like really important all of a sudden where I never thought I'd be having conversations about any of that 
well, except mine for nap time, because I've always felt nap time is important. But uh, uh, the, it, it's true. The, the minute we got a good, solid schedule for my son, he started climbing out of his crib and stopped sleeping. So we had to work. We went through a little period of chaos. We had to work to get a routine going again. And I feel like we're back, we're headed back in the right direction where we have something going. And I, I think that the minute we get comfortable with this, it's all going to change again. That might be true. The good news, I think, about that is those first really two years is the most change that's going to happen. Um, and then again, you know, there'll be some more changes and adjustments um, because, you know, you've got the one nap, eventually the one nap will go away. Uh, so there'll be a little bit more transition there, but those first two years are the most chaotic. So after that, you can sort of settle into what will be a routine that um, you can, I don't know, you can't stick with it forever. You can't count on it forever, right. but it's a little more predictable for a longer period of time, I guess. Right. I, I mean, that's life, right? I mean, we, we have to be adaptable to uh, rearrange what, um, if it's not working anymore, we can be a little flexible about rearranging until we get something that's going to work. So you've done some research or looked mm -hmm. into the research about creating rhythms or structure for your day. What does some of the research say? Well, pretty much what I found is there, I feel like there are sort of two schools of, of thought about um, schedules, I guess would be the word I would use. There's uh, people in general who tend to be more scheduled and people who tend to be less scheduled. Um, that's sort of their personal style. And then when you think about parenting, I also think there's like a big movement towards simplicity parenting, which is allowing a lot more free time, not as much structure, um, as uh, I would say a lot of that uh, presents itself as an answer to our very busy lifestyle that we live. Um, and uh, just thinking about it, I'm I'm not sure one is definitely is definitively better or worse than the other. I think the research says routines are good, but I don't see a lot that says having a schedule from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. where every box is filled in is better or worse than having five things on your schedule between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Um, and I think really the what's going on in your life, the um, personality of your family um, plays a lot to do with that. Um, I do think there are some keys that are important to take into account, especially when you have kids. We're, I mean, this is the parenting show, right? But I think it's good advice for us, too. So there should be some amount of scheduled time and some amount of downtime on right. your schedule. And that goes, I think that's good for everyone. And also, you know, I think it's good to get outside every day somehow. And the research is pretty clear on that. That improves people's mood in general, mm -hmm. not just kids, but adults, people in general. So um, I think you just kind of want to want to take into account that there should be some scheduled things. There should be some downtime where people get to decide what they're going to do in that time. Um, and then if you can possibly get outside every day, I think that makes a difference too. Um, and then probably the most important thing that needs to be on the schedule for children, there's is bedtimes and mealtimes. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're going to start with the routine, I would start with bedtime. Like, how can we get this bedtime 
right. situated um, so that it's predictable, especially with like a school year coming up. Kids need to get their sleep to be able to get up to go to school the next day. So, let, you know, you could start there and start by looking at what you're already doing and then think about where you'd like to get to. Um, so, and then meal times. Kids need predictable meal times. I think as adults, we sort of get in the habit of not necessarily always having to eat at 11 o'clock every day or whatever right. time lunch at. I think kids usually are earlier than the rest of us. So I know my kids are, I feel like they're starting to get hangry by like 11, 11.30 if I'm at home with them. Um, so kind of fitting that in. Um, and then looking at what you've already got going on. So when I did this for my own family, so I was doing this for the show. So I sat down with my own family's kind of life and wrote it out. Like you said, write it down. That can be helpful. And just started plugging in for the summertime. So taking into account that it's summer and it's a lot more flexible. On Mondays and Wednesdays, I go to work. Um, and on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the kids go to their school. So that's already plugged into the calendar. Mm -hmm. um, and then on Tuesday mornings, one of my kids has gymnastics. So that's already plugged into the calendar or the, the routine, the rhythm, whatever. I tend to be a little on the less scheduled side. Right. So we're going to get up and we're going to have breakfast sometime by 8-ish. That's what my plan is for the day, mm -hmm. on the days when we're at home. If I go past 8, I feel like my kids are like going crazy. And so we need to get fed by them. We try to go outside in the morning because we live in Texas and it's going right. to be, you know, a hundred degrees this afternoon. And so if we can eat breakfast, then go outside, then we can play inside. Then we're going to have lunch on Tuesdays. We have a scheduled activity in the neighborhood. We go to that. Then we come home, we play some more dinner. We try to have dinner by six ish. Um, and then by 7.30ish, we're starting the bedtime routine. I want the kids to be in bed by 8.30. So that's the extent of it. It doesn't have, you know, too much going on. But for other families, you may have a lot going on in the summer. Right. And so then you plug all those things in, and then you figure out, you may have so many things going on, you've got to figure out how to put downtime in your schedule. Right. So your family, your husband works outside the home at a regular yes houred right. job right and then you work outside the home a couple days a week and are at home the rest of the days and then your kids also go to daycare right and in my family my husband and I both well I kind of have an outside the home job um, but I'm self-employed my husband is also self-employed and he does a lot of his work inside the home and then has client meetings so we don't have a set place to go or times that we have to work, but we do have to work for a certain amount of time. So we sat down together and came up with what our goals were because we both wanted to fit in some exercise time and it would usually work out to where one of us would get exercise and the other one wouldn't. So we tried to figure out how we could make that work for both of us while watching a toddler, which I don't know, we seem pretty overwhelmed by. Uh, other parents seem to be able to handle that much better than us, but maybe that's just because of uh, we only post the good stuff on Facebook. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, um, so we worked out like who we, we decided that we would both have to start getting up regularly earlier than we usually do. So at seven o'clock, we were going to start waking up, and and he was going to go run by seven thirty. He was going to leave the house to go run. And I exercise in the home, so I was going to take care of Kyle and breakfast and all of that stuff. And then uh, 
Kyle and I do our video together and sometimes that works out better than others, but it's kind of cute and it's builds the exercise habit for him too. So like, this is just what we do. And I kind of like that also. And plus I have somebody to give high fives to when I work out really hard. So, which is also nice. Yeah. And then, uh, then the, in the summer, I'm more, I have more days of staying at home than I do going out to work. So uh, for the most part, I take Kyle out from like 10 to 2, and my husband will work from 10 to 2, and that's his focused work time, and I try to get Kyle out of the house and active. But we discovered that if we don't get out of the house, then he doesn't get tired enough to take a nap. And we've just recently started getting naps back on a, a somewhat regular basis, like maybe 60% of the time we'll get a nap. So, and that usually happens at two. And if, it ha if we try to get him down for a nap before two, it usually fails. So we try to keep him out and busy until two. And then I'll come home and, and my husband takes over and puts him down for a nap and I get to relax or do some work or something like that. And, and then uh, around five o'clock is when he wakes up and um, Kevin takes him for a bit then and does something for an hour and a half and then we have dinner around 6 30 ish we're kind of ish people as well and uh <laughs> and then uh bedtime for him is about 8 8 30 also and he sleeps until about 8 or 8 30 so he gets his 12 hours that he's supposed to get at night plus when he naps he gets extra <laughs> so um so that's kind of how our rhythm worked now you went from one child to two children. Mm -hmm. How did that change your rhythm? How well, did you adjust for that? Um, having a new baby sort of changes. Um, it's a complete, uh -huh. I guess it's like a, what is the, where you throw the basket in the air and it's the turnover, the basket turnover. Right. Cause you just have to be flexible and know that for this amount of time, it's going to be a lot more difficult to um, live by what it was we were doing before. Now, at the time when I had my second child, I was working full time. So I was on maternity leave and my oldest child was going to daycare every day. So that made it a little bit easier to keep some sort of routine because she, we would get up in the morning, I would get her off to school, um, and then I would pick her up at the end of the day and my husband would be getting home from work. And so then we would have uh, two people to get the evening stuff done and get to bed, but it was, uh, not smooth all the time. It's <laughs> probably a nice way to say it. It wasn't very smooth all the time, but you get back to it. And I liked what you said about like, you realize that if you don't get out in the morning, then there's no nap for, for your son and you need the downtime. So you need the nap. So then you adjusted your rhythm to include getting out so that you could then meet a goal that you had for how to get everything done. Um, for yourself. So the scheduled time and the downtime is for kids, but it's also for parents. Mm -hmm. Parents need downtime too. So even if the downtime you get is after you've put your kids to bed at night, um, I think there's a struggle because we have so much to get done. Right. Especially, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's like there's still a million things that aren't done and you know tomorrow's going to start again. But I do think um, it, um, I was reading a bunch about, I've also been reading a bunch about sleep, um, on a side note, but part of 
what we need in order to go into rest is this, we need to close out the day. And part of what you can do for closing out the day is have a downtime, a little bit of reflection. I'm not that every day you reflect on everything you did that day, but just a time in the day where you can close out your day. Um, and, that, and, and adults need that too. So even if it's like my husband and I will have a conversation after the kids go to bed. Um, and a lot of times it just entails what happened today, what didn't. Um, we talk about, you know, something interesting in the news or whatever. And for me, that's a way for us, that's a way for us to sort of close out our day, mm -hmm. have a little bit of downtime. Um, and then, you know, if he has more work to do, he can do that. I can do whatever else I need to get done and we can go to bed at whatever time we need to go to bed. But adults need that piece too. So you got to figure out how to um, build that in for yourself too, not just your kids. Right. Yeah. Well, sleeping has been a big issue. Right. For us too, which I think is just a kind of a parenting thing, but, uh, <laughs> Partly. right. But, uh, I, I, we had learned that we, I was not getting enough sleep. And so we had to do a lot of changing to our routine and how we did things to make sure that that would happen. And, uh, um, that was, that's the main thing for sleep is to have that routine that kind of is the same so that you don't have to think about it. And as you go through your routine, it shuts your brain down and gets your, it tells your brain that it's, we're headed to sleep time so that you get prepared for that. Right. The other thing I would say for, especially for parents that have older kids, I think those of us with young kids feel like we spend so much of our time with our kids. Even if you're at work, once you pick them up, it's hands on from mm -hmm. the moment you get them. Um, you know, even if you're out of the home, most of the, the day when you pick them up, it's still hands-on until they go to bed. But I think when you have older kids, you've got to think about how much about building in time to connect with them. Right. So, and it may not be able to happen every day. Ideally it would happen every day, but if you've got, you know, soccer practice and basketball practice and all these things going on, it may not be able to happen every day, but when in your week can you build in that time where you can reconnect? And it may be while you're driving them, to wherever it is that you're taking them to, but instead of listening to a program on the radio that you would listen to, you have a conversation about what's going on with them. Or maybe there's one night a week that you could have dinner together and you could just sort of take some time to reconnect. So I think that's another part of the family rhythm that that is important. As, um, like I said, when you have smaller kids, I think, I feel like I'm just trying to build in any time that I can have to myself. <laughs> so I spend quite a lot of time with the kids. Um, but even still, have we talked about, I mean, my, what, my daughter is going to be five in uh, two and a half weeks. She would let you know she's on the countdown. Um, you know, we could have spent all day together and I could have not really had a conversation with her about her day and how it's going. And um, what did she like about today? What did she not like about today? Um, that kind of thing. So we try to build that into our bedtime routine since I'm going to be tucking them into bed anyway where my husband is. And we just have a little time at bedtime where we talk about what was the best thing about today? What was something we didn't like about today? That's just sort of a way to check in. But I definitely think that becomes more and more challenging as kids get older is how do you build in that time when you can um, really just connect with them and figure out what's going on with them. Well, and I forget where I saw this, but I, I saw either it was a television program or a radio show or some book or blog or something that I was reading. Um, where they said that even just 10 minutes of one-to-one -one time with each of your children, um, of that personal connection, that's, that's really all they need. They yeah. need is the 10 minutes of un, 
interrupted focused connection and 10 minutes is not a lot of time. No. Um, so I feel like even when you're really busy, you can still find 10 minutes to just sit and be with your each child or each family member. Right. And even if it's in, you know, even if it's on the way to something or it's um, you're preparing dinner together and you're having a conversation with them while you're getting the dinner on the table, you know, I mean, um, I think that that can, that counts, whatever that means, but you know, like, it doesn't, it have, doesn't to have to be. be like, we're both just sitting here with nothing else going on. Cause some families don't have that and that's okay. Well, also a lot of children talk better. better. A lot of people talk better, <laughs> better if they're actually engaged in an activity. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, we learn that in therapy all the time. Right. So you have to um, maybe allow them some freedom to improvise within the music before they can start sharing what they're thinking and feeling. Right. Right. So, yeah. And then play therapy. That's what it's pretty much all about is you engage them in play, the children in play. So then they feel comfortable bringing up their right. emotions or, or thoughts and feelings. I think most people don't want to be put on the spot. Like, what are you thinking and feeling right yes. this moment? <laughs> <laughs> Let's sit down together and you will go deep now. <laughs> that's that. Uh, I mean, there may be times when that's needed, but I think in general, people are more, it feels more like natural and uh, organic. Isn't that a word people like to use? A yes. Lot today? It feels more organic for it just to happen while you're doing what you're doing. But with that said, there has to be, you can't be busy doing what you're doing and not listening. I think the key is that people are engaged with each other. You're listening to one another. You just start doing some other tasks, right? Like cooking a meal or driving in the car or picking up toys at the end of the day. I mean, some kind of ritual that you do, um, not reading emails and answering them back um, that are unrelated to the conversation going on. Um, or not having the TV on. Right. Although I say that, and the TV doesn't have to be, I'm not an anti-TV person, um, because actually a lot of conversation can happen around TV if people are engaged in watching TV together. So that can be like watching, we like to watch National Geographic shows at my house, or we did. I'm sad that we sort of got away from it. We could talk about things that were happening in the animal shows and Right. And, right. you know, like that can happen too, but not just like zone, not someone's talking to me and I'm watching TV. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> then I'm not really having a conversation. If we're both watching TV and then we're talking about what we're watching on TV, that's a little bit different. That's a shared activity. Right. So instead of just sitting next to the person. Right. Which <laughs> is <laughs> what my husband and I like to do. <laughs> Which is nice too. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have a place for that. <laughs> That's downtime. We'll talk to right. my downtime. <laughs> All right. So any final thoughts about rhythm or routine that you'd like to share? I would just say start by looking at where you are. Um, for those people who like a list of things they're supposed to do, I feel like I'm probably a very frustrating person to have answered this question because what I'm going to say is look at what you're already doing, figure out what is important to you and what you want to see happen. Mm -hmm. So see what you're already doing. If there are things that you think are important or you want to see happen that aren't on that list, figure out how to get them on the list and it's going to look different for every family. 
I definitely think some scheduled time, some unscheduled time or downtime mm -hmm. is important for every person in the family. Um, and, you know, really try to work that out. And I can't stress enough that bedtime is important for all of us. Yes. Not just children. I know this is really hard to say because we all have so much to do. But when you're tired, it's really hard to tackle all the other things that you have to do. So trying to figure out how you can create some sort of routine, even if right now you're getting four hours of sleep a night and yes. you can increase it to five. Yes. Um, and then maybe you can figure out more. Um, I think that's really, really important. Sleep is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that's one of the main things that I learned is, is we had to, my husband and I had to talk about what our goals were, look at what we were already doing and then figure out how we could add in things or, or shift a little bit so that we could add in what we, what our goals were. And uh, a and lesson. Then, oh, I was just going to say, it may also mean you have to take away some things. Right. So that you can fit in the things that are most important. Yes. Yeah. We took away a couple. But uh, as something, a lesson that keeps coming up for me is uh, to not compare myself or my family or my child to yes. others which it's really easy to compare when you have social media and all of this access to other people's lives, but that's only what they show you. So you are a unique and different person. And so is your family is unique and different. So it's probably better. You can get some information from other people and try it out see if it works for you, but don't feel bad if your schedule or routine doesn't work or your child doesn't work the same way as another person's right yeah. all right well thank you for listening today uh we'll be back again next month we're going to move next month yes. and uh because i won't be working on fridays in august so uh we will see you then next week on the 29th i'm gonna have megan masco joining me to talk about music therapy research the 2025 campaign that AMTA hosted recently. So she went to, she attended that and she's gonna tell us what her experience was. Thank you for listening. Contact me at heartbeatmusictherapy.net if you have any questions or comments. Have a wonderful week.